And now it's time for the Bay Area's favorite quiz show, Minds Over Matter, with host Dana Rodriguez. And he's accompanied by cinema photographer Cameron Shaw and educator Lori Fisher. All right. Here's your moderator, Dana Rodriguez. Thank you very much, Damien. Uh, Welcome to the soothing tones of our theme music. And we do hope you can join us over the course of the next hour because Minds Over Matter is an audience participation quiz program. So even on a Saturday morning, that's what we're looking for, your participation. So we do hope you will give us a call with a question or answer. You'll hear our questions momentarily, but if you have one of your own, it's a good time to call. Uh, We do want to hear from you. And sometimes it does get a little bit crowded toward the end of the show, but we want to hear from you right now. So give us a call, 415-841-4134. Again, that's area code 415-841-4134. Or toll-free, yes, we have a toll-free number, 866-798-8255. Again, that is 866-798-8255. It is a good time to call in. It's a rainy Saturday morning. What else have you got to do? And just to remind you of our email address, and I will, I can read the emails. Uh, believe me, I learned to read many years ago. I can read these emails uh, while the show is in progress, and that is at mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com, M-I-N-D-S-O-V-E-R-M-A-T-T-E-R-1. That is the numeral one. So that's mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. If, if you like to hear our live stream, that is at kalw.org. And of course, if you'd like to hear the podcast, that should be up in a reasonable amount of time after our show tonight. Also at kalw.org and many other places, uh, but start with KALW. I'm sure they would appreciate that. Okay. All that being said, we will start with a round of introductions and then a round of questions. And here's the first. Cameron Shaw would probably be awake by now on a normal blustery Saturday morning when she is not expected to be on the radio. Probably. Probably. It's hard to get out of bed on a mon- on a Saturday morning when it's raining. All right. A few moments ago, Lori Fisher was happy to see the entire Minds Over Matter gang tailgating in the parking lot. Pleased that today's show will end in plenty of time for them to get in full 49er regalia, including face painting, something the local team will certainly need in order to beat the Seahawks today. Indeed. How about that? Uh, Sorry about that. I'll try it again. Our moderator, Dana Rodriguez, is thinking about buying a boat now that he suddenly lives in a waterfront property. Ahoy, everybody. All right. And uh, congratulations on your tailgating idea. Um, (laughs) My tailgating has nothing to do with football, but never mind. (laughs) You gave the phone numbers, didn't you, Dana? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes, we did. All right. All that being said, we will start with Cameron Shaw. Okay. Um, as I'm sure our listening audience knows, uh, every 10 years, the British Film Institute puts out a list, the sight and sound list of the 100 greatest films of all time. According to critics and directors, there are two separate lists, one for critics, one for directors. Um, this year, the top 10 caused quite a stir. And so I have two questions about it. The first is, what are the two films directed by women to crack the top 10 for the first time ever? And what film topped the, I'm sorry, that first question was for the critics poll. 
and what film topped the director's poll. So what are the top two films directed by women according to the critics polled for the sight and sound 100 greatest films by all time of all time and what was the number one film according to the directors polled the, the number one film in the critics poll was directed by a woman correct it sure was yes and oh it was a film i had never heard of jean does it have the word jean in it yep, yep. yeah but that's not the whole title I'll, sure give the rest, I'll, give, I'll give the rest to Dana. <laughs> I read uh, it. It is a difficult title, and I don't know if I'm going to get it all. It's um, Jean uh, Dielman, and then there's an address. It's yeah. Um, yeah. 23 I'll... Commerce, Commerce, Qua, Quay. Yeah, um, I, you, got, you guys, I, I'll give it to right. you. It's yeah. 23 Quay de Commerce, 1080 cells. I don't speak French. Um, Neither do I. But yes, so Jean Dielman, as it is commonly known. And, uh, and there, there's one other on the critics list directed by a woman? There is one other in the top 10 directed by a woman. Is it a Amer- English, film in English? No. Well, I know Citizen Kane is there and Vertigo is there someplace. Yeah. And, um, but I don't know the other one directed by a woman right offhand. And the other All question right. is the top one in the director's poll. So this is... Yes. They, they ask directors to pick the top film. Yes. So they pull critics that. and they pull directors um, separately and they create two separate lists and they're, they're different, not drastically different, but different. Okay. All right. Leave that out. Okay. And Lori. All right. I'm going to start with a question that it turns out I asked last week and forgot to answer. So I, oh, I no. put it out right at the end. And so I'll give it to you two again. And it's uh, the question about Joni Mitchell says that she was inspired to write both sides now after reading a novel published in the 50s by a well-known American novelist who writes about flying across the Atlantic and noticing clouds. It's a well-known author. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, the, the, I'll leave it there, a well-known author. So that, that's my repeat question, is who is the author and what book uh, inspired Joni Mitchell to write both sides now very directly? And then... The 1950s novel? Yes. Okay. And as the, the author is extremely well known, uh, I'll I'll throw in since uh, a hint even a Nobel Prize winner, a National Book Award winner, so it's that level of fame of the author. And the key scene that she remembers is the flying across the Atlantic, which is uh, the key the key hint there. And I have one other question that I'll throw in, also about literature. Aldous Huxley spent some time in Hollywood, and during the forties. He wrote the screenplays for two really well-known British novels, not his. So he's, the screen, he's credited for the screenplays for which two British novels, and then a third British novel Walt Disney hired him to write the treatment for? What Ooh. novel was that? So the first question about Joni Mitchell, what inspired her to write Both Sides Now? And the other one is Aldous Huxley. I'm looking for three credits, two really well-known British novels that he has the screenwriting credit for, and Disney hiring, hiring him to write a treatment for another well-known British novel that never got made, at least not Huxley's version. So there's plenty. Well, the, uh, one of them is uh, quite a good uh, version of Pride and Prejudice. Yes. That he did Excellent. the screenplay for. Yeah. The one with you. Olivier and uh, Greer yeah. Garson. Yeah. Give yourself a bell on that one. Did a nice right. job of uh, Tony, uh, taking that down to a two-hour level. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're looking for one more British novel that he got the credit for and one that he wrote the treatment for. Okay, read that out. Was, was the Disney one, was it, um, was it one of Disney's animated films? 
Well, they didn't make Huxley's version. Okay. There sure, but what, there, was it there, meant to be an animated film? Yes. And okay. The, and the version that's well, there's a few versions, and I'm pretty sure Disney made the famous animated version. I'm not positive it's Disney, but it's a well-known animated film. Okay. Great. All right, and okay. um, let's go to a call, Damien. Hi, you're on Minds of America. Hi, this is Fran. How are you? Hi, Fran. I'm going to try 10 o'clock Saturday. I really like, I prefer 5 o'clock or any evening. Um, Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you. My question, number one, is um, I heard this on the news yesterday. How many levees are there in California? It's, It's a very high number. I don't know. Uh, Hello? Give us a guess. Cameron, start with a guess. Okay. Uh, 72. <laughs> no. Now, again, I heard this correctly. It's really a high number. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, I, yeah. I, that's, a, that's an awfully hard question. I, I'm not sure we'd have any way of knowing other than a wild guesses. Anyway, I heard it was 14,000. Wow. Okay. I did. Now, I, I know that I heard it, so uh, you can double-check it, and if I'm wrong, uh, I'm sorry. We'll have the staff um, check. <laughs> there was, um, I would like to know who was, um, Carly Simon had a famous father. Can you tell me who he was? He, uh, he founded Simon & Schuster right. yeah. Publishing House. I don't remember his first name, but that was his career. I can, it is, it, that is the person, you don't know his first name, right? I don't. Oh, it's no. Richard Simon. Okay. And um, my last question is 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> on a rainy day is there was a uh, song that was um, written by Marvin Hamlish and Carol Bayer Sager. Okay. And it comes from a movie called The Spy Who Loved Me. Mm-hmm. There's another clue. It was sung by Carly Simon. Yeah, so who do you does know the better. name of the song? Nobody Does go. It Better. Isn't that it, Fran? Nobody Does It Better? That's the one. You got it. I knew you would Good get job. it if anybody would, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, it's amazing that I, I, I hope that you stay on the air forever. And we thank you for the show. Hope you get new listeners. All right. Thank you so much, Fran. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. And uh, you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We do hope you are enjoying the show and will join us. The two numbers are area code 415-841-4134. Again, 415-841-4134 with a question or answer. Or toll-free, 866-798-8255. You could also email us at mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. That one is the numeral one. And uh, let's see. Let me give you a couple of questions here. So I'll give you each one guess on this. What are the four most common double-letter words in English? And when I say a double-letter word, as in feel, where the you know the double letters are to connecting. Okay. Letters. But not necessarily vowels, right? 
no, not necessarily okay. vowels. What are the four most common double letter words in English, as in feel, where the two common letters are connected? Okay. Well, there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, I'm going to guess street. No. Ah, okay. My guess will be feel. Well, feel I just gave you. So I thought you said eel. Okay. No. Okay. I misheard it. Okay. I'll take another guess then. Uh, oh, that's tough. Better. Ooh. No. Okay. All right. So, again, what are the four most common double letter words in English? As in feel, uh, the two. The two letters are connected. So what are the four most common words in that category? Secondly, uh, I am looking for the four most reread books by an American uh, by American authors. What are according to um, according to a survey done by Goodreads, what are the four most commonly reread books? works of fiction by American authors? That's an interesting question. Gosh. The, the one that leapt to mind for me is To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird is indeed one. Okay. Good. Thank you. Okay. So once more, according to Goodreads, what are the four most commonly reread fiction books by American authors? To Kill a Mockingbird is one. What are the others? Uh, are they literary works like To Kill a Mockingbird rather than popular? Yeah. Popular okay. fiction? It can be both. Okay. Uh, and the first question was, what are the four most common double letter words in English, as in feel, where the two letters uh, are connected? Okay. Cam, Dana, do you want me just to stick to one guess? <laughs> yes, for now. Okay. okay. I'm sitting here looking at my bookshelf. Um, <laughs> I don't have a great guess at the moment. All right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're again, you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Our uh, panel tonight, that would be Cameron Shaw, teacher and cinematographer. Lori Fisher teaches at Davo Valley College. I'm your moderator, Dana Rodriguez. And you're listening to us on 91.7 FM. That is KALW, your local public radio station. And... Let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, Tom and Debbie in Napa. Good morning. Hi. Morning. Morning. Uh, a couple guesses. Uh, the, the common word with the double letter, uh, the word all, A-L-L. That is indeed one. Very good. All right. And on the reread book, I don't know why this popped into my head, but Little Women. Oh. Well, that's a perfectly logical guess, but no, not that. But okay. Dana, didn't you say American authors? Oh, no, she is American. Sorry. Yeah. She's American. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned UNESCO has taken the baguette into their intangible cultural heritage category. And I've now learned that uh, there's at least one other food item, uh, Neapolitan pizza was also inducted into UNESCO's intangible cultural heritage category in 2017. There's a baker in Italy now pushing to have a second Italianish uh, item added to the UNESCO cultural heritage category. Can you tell me what that Italian food item is uh, in an, other than Neapolitan pizza? 
Is So is this Italian food item something that's widely available in the United States? It is. It's particularly popular, I think, around the holidays, but uh, it's available year-round. Pan- panettone? Panettone. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very good, yes. Uh, he hasn't succeeded yet, but he's, he's <laughs> waging a major campaign to have Panettone added. All right. Yeah, good job. Um, well, we're going to have a big football weekend, so, of course, yeah. uh, beer. What, uh, which country exports more beer than any other country? The top global exporter selling more than $5 billion worth of beer a year. Mexico? Mexico it is. Wow. <laughs> Why did you not guess the United States? Uh, well, I know a lot of beer comes from Mexico. I, I'm not even a beer drinker, but, uh, yep. but I, I know, know it's want, popular here. People might well, not want our beer. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go grab me a Lagunitas IPA <laughs> and enjoy the show. Thank you. All righty. Yeah. I'm pretending it's 5 o'clock. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter here every Saturday morning at 10. Uh, Please feel free to join us. Give us a call if you have a question or answer for us, uh, 415-841-4134 or toll free 866-798-8255. And Cameron, I think it's your turn. Okay. Um, I have, let's see, if you get this quickly, I have a similar follow-up question. How about that? Um, So what there's one US capital city that is located in a county with the same name that is named after a different person. So let's pretend we're talking about San Francisco in San Francisco County. One might have been named after St. Francis and one might have na- been named after Francis Ford Coppola, something like that. That is obviously not true, but um so there is one US capital city Located in a county with the same name, but that is named after a different person. What is it? So the county uh, in this. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I'm just probably going to ask the same question you were going to ask. So, just to clarify, the county and the city both have the same name, exactly. Yes, exactly. And um, but they are two different people. Two different people named after two different people. Okay. Yes. Is does it does either one of them have anything to do with a president? No. Good question. No. Okay. Huh. And and is it um, is it the kind of thing where we'd be surprised as opposed to thinking oh every every everybody named Austin it's Sam Austin that was the first I'm trying to think of ones where I know a well known person is uh, who the capital's named after. I don't know that you'll be surprised. Okay. Um, I I would. I would go about thinking about this starting with the city name rather than the city and county name rather than trying to think of famous people because they are sort of they're sort of obscure. And this is a state capital, you say? Yes, a state capital. <sighs> so oh. how about how about Columbus, Ohio? Is that the capital oh. of Ohio? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It is the capital of Ohio. It is not Columbus, Ohio, but okay. And is this a single word um, name? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. And um, all right, let's think about this for a second. Um, Bismarck. 
Oh, that's a great guess. It's not Bismarck. Um, but it's a fun guess too. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not Bismarck. I don't, uh, I don't know how many people have the last name. Can I? I'll ask one more question. Is this east or west of the Mississippi? Uh, east. East. All right. It out, then. All right. Just give the question once more, if you would. Sure. There is one United States capital city uh, that is located in a county with the same name as the city, but the city and county are named after two different people who just happen to have the same name, the same last name, I will say, last name. Do you so, know which was named first? I don't. That's a good question. Um, but no, I do not. I believe the city was named first. So I had to guess. All right. right. And uh, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, good morning. Welcome to your new time. Really yeah. happy to hear you. This is E. Very good. good so, uh, yeah, I have a couple of physics questions. Before that, from last time, we said the ancient Egyptians started circumcision actually over 6,000 years ago. And of course, it was adopted by Jewish people. They're not eating pork. Uh, the ancient Egyptians were very advanced in medicine. In fact, something called uh, Edwin Papyrus, it has very advanced things about cancer, about brain surgery, about all kinds of... So they were aware of the word. The Ternaxfoot, I have problem pronouncing it. Uh, it does, you know, cause this, until now, it is very, very serious disease. If you don't cook pork uh, well enough, uh, then it does kill many people, across the world especially, maybe not as much in the U.S. because of the... Tri uh, it's trichinosis. Yeah, trichinosis, yeah. T-R-I-C-H-I-N-O-S-I-S. I couldn't spell it. It's a horrible worm. You know, it lives everywhere in your muscles, in the brain, everywhere, and it is serious. Good breakfast discussion. So people don't eat pork. Actually, what I'm doing, I'm not going to eat meat much longer. It is... Uh, if you want to do something about global warming, global warming, methane is 90 times as effective as uh, carbon dioxide. And guess where we get most of our methane from besides the ocean? Cows. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. so uh, the other, uh, actually one of the biggest up for uh, in Egypt is afterlife, mummification. Why do we have second life? You know, how the, the resurrection or the monotheism of this. Okay, for today, physics. Uh, what is twin paradox? Actually, physics question. That simple question. Twin I don't know. paradox. You never heard of it? Okay, I've I was heard of it, but I don't know. I'm sure. Okay. It, All right. Twin. You, do you want to answer? Okay, it, I'll tell it, you. It, it has something to do. It has something to do with sending one twin into space, I believe. Yes. Right. And yes. I think you're and right. Keeping right. the other it, on Earth. It is. It is. It's it's As about one person traveling at the speed of light. Yeah, and, and aging. Well, at so age, you have to yes. win. Okay, what time time changes with the speed? So if you take off in a spaceship and go to uh, one of the nearest star to us, say Proxima Centauri, and uh, it will take you if you go very close to the speed of light. So it may take you a little bit less than four years, or a little bit over four years. When you come back home. You find your brother's hundred years old. Yeah. So that is what the twin paradox is. Time changes with the speed. Believe it or not, it is called paradox. The second one, it is called Fermi paradox. Fermi? Fermi, Fermi. like the yeah, Fermi. Our great Fermi? scientist Fermi is a great man. 
a great, uh, great scientist, physicist. He actually responsible. Half of the physics was initiated by uh, Fermi um, in uh, modern physics. Bishop I don't know his paradox. Okay, I'll tell you about it because time is short again. Okay, so Fermi paradox. Fermi was having lunch with a bunch of people in Chicago. You know, it was the University of Chicago. And then he, uh, they were talking about flying saucers. You know what Fermi paradox, you know what Fermi said? Where are they? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Fermi did play a big role in nuclear physics especially, but one of the most dangerous experiments he did was to put a critical mass, a uranium critical mass, suspended by a piano wire. So it could have been possible, big part of the city of Chicago at the time would have been blown up before people knew about it. Good topic, and I wish success for your, for, your, for your show. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you, Please stop, eating. Please stop eating meat. It is not very good for the environment. It's not good for the poor animals, too. Who gave us the right to eat animals? So please, 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 I am advocating for everybody. You can have very delicious food uh, by eating vegetables and vegetarians than, yeah. than meat. Thank you very much again. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, now who's going to finish my pork sausages this morning? Really? Uh, so, anyway, you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Feel free to give us a call. We'd like to hear from you and with uh, a question, any old question, and we will try to answer it for you, or you can uh, try to answer one of ours, 415-841-4134, or toll-free, 866-798-8255. And, Lori, I think it is your turn. I think it is. Well, I was looking at the American Film Institute's list of the greatest lines of all time in movies, and I'm focusing this weekend on the lines that only have three words in them. And I'm going to give you a clue for each one. I'm going to list the actor or actresses who said these lines, and I want to know the three words, and you can throw in the movie for no extra choice. So if I said Sean Connery, the line was Bond, James Bond. That would be the Mm -hmm. answer. So I have six of them, and I think a couple are low-hanging fruit. One is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Joe E. Uh, Brown is number two, Laurence Olivier, Betty Davis, Warren Beatty, and Marlon Brando. So Schwarzenegger, Joey Brown, Laurence Olivier, Betty Davis, Warren Beatty, and Marlon Brando all have three words lines that are considered among the hundred greatest lines in the history of movies. Okay. Give you a three total. No, isn't Joey Brown, well, nobody's perfect? It is from... From Some Like It Hot. Excellent. Very good. All right, Cameron, you got one? Do I get one or two? Well, between the two of you, we'll we'll do three, say. So take one first. Okay. Um, Betty Davis, I think, is what a dump. Yeah, it is. What's the movie? Is it Beyond the Forest? Oh, good for you, Cameron. I haven't. I haven't actually seen that movie. That's okay. <laughs> 1949. It's a terrible That's movie, by the way. Okay. So. What a well, great line. Great no line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and uh, I'll give you I'll give you one more between the two of you. Olivier, Warren Beatty, Marlon Brando, or Schwarzenegger. Is it safe? Is that Olivier? Yeah. Which movie? Uh, Marathon Man. Excellent. That's good. Okay. All right. All right. Cameron, you want to steal one more? We'll leave two out there. No, I'll, I, okay. I'm going to go for the easy one, so I'll leave that one out. Okay, it's Warren Beatty, Marlon Brando, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Okay, callers, call in. All right, and let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hi, how are you doing? Here we go. Uh, 
the was it a Carly sign? Was both sides now? I'm taking a. Was that based on uh, Black Like Me? No, uh, and it, it's a Joni Mitchell song, and that that's not. The oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Okay, Carly. Uh, this is for you, Cameron, because I was thinking because you mentioned earlier Carly Simon. That's right. Remember, I did the, the last names that that Simon meant snub nosed. Yes, Cameron. I do remember. Yes, I do remember. Yes. So okay, the most common. What's the most common Italian last name? Uh. And I just. In Italy, I, I know this, States? but I'm just, I didn't prepare with this, but go ahead. The most common Italian last name. Is it Rossi? Oh, that's You're a good close. Guess. Russo? And that may be a variant. Is it Russo? Yes. So, similar to Rossi. Okay. What does Rizzo mean? Rizzo? No idea. Huh? <laughs> does, it, does it have something to do with red? Uh, no, but I'm 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 creating a hobby for you. You can spend the rest of your life on this, Cameron. Okay. Last names that describe the features of the person ancestrally. Rizzo. Oh. No, we don't know. Yeah. It means curly hair. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Right, and so right, and and Bruno probably meant someone with brown hair. Yeah. Okay. And this is the name of your, uh, this relates to your show, okay? It's called, uh, anyway, I'm going to say Minds Over Matter is spinach for the ears. Now, that quote is a spoof on what quote? Something to do with Popeye? <laughs> no. No, I, 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 I could have said kale for the ears. But it's it's a quote by here's a new word I just learned aptonym. It's an aptonym. That that's a, a word that where the person's last name humorously describes the occupation of the person. Okay. And the, okay. the person um, the person was the an architect. Okay. All right, we're so we're this... losing you here. So okay, uh, the architect. The the, ac- the architect is Frank Lloyd Wright. His last oh. name is Wright, which means a builder, and that's what he did. And the Frank Lloyd Wright quote that I'm spoofing, he said once, television is chewing gum for the eyes. And that's why I said, for your show, I'm going to say Minds Over Matter is spinach for the ears. It's the opposite. It it's nutritional. Okay. All right, good. Okay. I'm glad you, glad you feel that way. All right, thank you. <laughs> Enjoy. Eat your spinach, everybody. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We are about halfway through the show, so let's quickly repeat any questions that have not been answered yet. And Cameron, we'll start with you. Okay. I am looking for the second film directed by a woman that cracked the sight and sound lists. Top 10 greatest films of all time this year, or I'm sorry, in 2022. Um, it's happened for the first time ever. So there are two films in the top 10 directed by a woman. We already have Jean Dielman. And then I'm also looking for um, the number one film on the director's list from Sight and Sound. Um, and the capital city located in a county with the same name as the city, but which the two are named after different people. So uh, mm. city and county have the same name, 
but named after two different people. Good question. I am looking for Joni Mitchell's inspiration for the song Both Sides Now is a novel uh, written in the 50s by a really well-known American novelist. As I said, this novel won the Nobel Prize, the National Book Award, so both the novel and the novelist are well-known. Also, Aldous Huxley wrote the screenplays in the 40s for two really well-known British novels, and Dana got Pride and Prejudice. I'm looking for the other one. And then Disney hired him to write the treatment for another British novel, and he was paid for that, but they never made his version. What novel was that? And Cameron asked correctly, did it ultimately become an animated film? It did. And then my other question is about, in the American Film Institute's greatest lines in the movies, a bunch of them just have three words, and uh, Lawrence Olivia was, is it safe? Betty Davis, what a dump? And Joey Brown, well, nobody's perfect. I'm looking for the line said by Warren Beatty, Marlon Brando, and former Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, I I have a guess for Cameron. How about Albany, New York? It is not Albany, New York. Good guess, though. All right, okay. And what do I have out? I'm looking for the four most common double-letter words in English, in spoken English. The four most common double-letter words in English, as in feel, where the letters are connected, the the double letters, and all. uh, Somebody got that. What are the other three on that list? And according to Goodreads, what are the four most commonly reread novels by American authors? So far, we have To Kill a Mockingbird. What are the other three on that list? The four most commonly reread books by American authors, by no- novels, I should say. Uh, Dana, can, go- I, can I take a guess on that? Yeah, um, go ahead. I never used my guess. How about The Great Gatsby? The Great Gatsby is number one, actually. Very good. Oh, oh very good. And I have a guess on the double letter words. uh, How about Ben, B-E-E-N? No, no. I say it all the time. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to give you uh, two short questions here. One, because it's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, and uh, I think that's appropriate. We should at least ask one question about Reverend Dr. Mm -hmm. King. So here is my question about that. He was offered a movie role. Uh, by Otto Preminger and uh, as a politician uh, in a film. And so I want to know what was the film and what was the role he would have played? Somebody ultimately played that role. Somebody else ultimately played that role, not an Uh, African-American. He turned it down. It was quite a widely publicized offer at the time. And uh, but he turned it down and uh, it was a very high profile film. I think it was nominated for Best Picture, too. So but he could have been in it, but he turned down the the opportunity. So what was the film? Cameron, do you have a guess? I don't have a guess. What was this like early 60s? I can maybe it was early 60s. Yes. Yes. My guess would be I I think Preminger directed this, but not positive, is advice and consent. It is advice and consent. Okay, Very good. Okay. Yes. He yeah. was offered the role of a senator from Georgia. Really? Was that Edmund O'Brien? Who played that? No, I don't I don't I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I don't recall who played it now. It wasn't it that wasn't was a big uh, role. It wasn't a big role, but it was a it would have been a high profile, the fact that he was in it. Wow. Yeah. And, and he, he uh, of course, a... that drove the white politicians in Georgia crazy. The fact that Preminger made this offer before, uh, while there was still segregation down there. So, 
yes, I think King, uh, Dr. King, enjoyed that part of it, but he he uh, did turn down the role. He was do he was doing other more frivolous things than that. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, now here's the other question: What is the tallest statue in the United States that depicts a commercial product? <laughs> What is the tallest statue in the United States that depicts a commercial product? This is not really. It was built, let me just be clear, it was built to advertise that commercial product. So it's not, it's not like you can't say the Statue of Liberty because the Statue of Liberty may be used on sure. commercial products. But but uh but so this was built very clearly to advertise this commercial product. So what is the tallest statue in the US that depicts a commercial product? And this has nothing to do with Martin Luther King Day, I assume. No, it has nothing to do with Martin Luther King. <laughs> we, we, oh, we've moved on. Okay. That part is over, yes. And, and it's yeah. not like um, like the Golden Arches in front of the McDonald's building. It's it's a real statue rather than Yeah, just yeah. A, it's, it depicts a, 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 a yes, it, it depicts a product, uh, a type of product, uh, yeah. something that's identified with a product, I should say. Yeah, and it's a commercial product, we can, a retail product. Oh, it's can, most definitely a commercial product, yeah. yes. Is it a particular company that it's yes. depicting? Okay. Yeah. Would, it, would it be cheating to tell us what state it's in? <laughs> Good question. Um, I don't think it would help you a lot, but I'm not going to tell you right now anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just want to say that we've gotten some emails, and our Harold Smith uh, guessed uh, that Schwarzenegger said, I'll be back, which I think is the uh -huh. one of the – one of the Harold, quotes you have. Harold Smith is correct from the Terminator. Right. Very good, Smith. Excellent. And he also guessed, let's see, he also guessed C for one of the double letter words, but that does not happen to be one. So there we go. Okay. And uh, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, it's Peter on Bruno. Hi, we can barely hear you, I'm afraid. I'll try to speak louder. Okay. Good. All right. Um, no, you're pretty. You're pretty uh, rough here. Sounds pretty, like he's at sea. Um, the giant statue. Could that possibly be the green giant? I'm sorry. Uh, I yes. Can't wait. Hello. Your 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 line is crackling. So. Uh, green giant. So oh yes, oh, you're absolutely right. Giant. Yes. The Jolly Green Giant statue <laughs> is the largest uh, commercially um, uh, commercial statue in the United States. Yes. Where is it? Very good. That is yeah, in Blue Earth, Minnesota. Oh, of course. Yeah, that would not have given it away. <laughs> no, that would not. <laughs> the Blue Very Earth good. is the home of the Jolly Green Giant. I like that. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry we your, your call didn't come through well, but if you want to call back, feel free to do that. Uh, well, and, can I go on? Yeah, give us a call back because you're just not coming in well enough. Thank you. And next call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, good morning. I have a few guesses. So for mm -hmm. uh, common words with double letters, how about sell? Pull, not sell. Call, ball. Um, you start that again because I, I, to make sure I, don't, I want to make sure I don't, didn't miss any of them. Just once more, please. Okay, so cell, like cell phone, C-E-L-L? Uh, no. Call, C-A-L-L? No. Nope. Ball, B-A-L-L? No. Hold, P-U-L-L? No. 
<laughs> okay. And then if I could also guess reread novels, um, I was thinking of Catcher in the Rye. Oh, good. That's good. Or Beloved are, or Catch-22. Uh, you are absolutely right about Catcher in the Rye. Very good. But not the others. Okay. And somebody already got the Schwarzenegger. I can't figure out the Marlon Brando in three words. But the Warren Beatty, I know Faye Dunaway is famous for saying, We Rob Banks. I don't know if he also said that in Bonnie and Clyde. I did, and that's the correct answer. He's the one who does say that. Yeah, I think he is the one, at least on the list. Yeah, well, she might have, but he's listed on the list, patriarchy. But anyway, that's the correct answer. (laughs) Very good. Okay, and then there was something about um, Huxley, a a book that, it's not um, of human bondage, is it? It is not. He did not write the screenplay for that, but it is a great British novel. Okay. Thank you, and I will continue no matter what time you are. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate That's it. great. Take good care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. And you are listening to Minds Over Matter. We are here on Saturday morning at 10 a.m., so we look forward to hearing from you. The two numbers to join us are area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free, 866-798-8255. Feel free to give us a call. We would love to hear from you with a question or answer. And, uh, okay, so I guess it's about the time that I ask Lori or um, Cameron if they have a question they would like to throw in. I guess I'll let Cameron have first choice on this. Do you have a short question? Uh, Sure. Um, So my other uh, U.S. Capitol question this week is, what is the only, as far as I can tell, the only autochthonous U.S. Capitol city? And that means that uh, the place name is the indigenous place name that was there before colonizers or settlers came to the area. So um, there is a U.S. capital with the original place name. I'm wondering what it is. So can we assume that when you say indigenous, it's it's a Native American name? It was a previous Native American name? Um, it's a little, if I, if I go too far into that, it is uh, going to give it away. <laughs> But um for instance, if I said Juneau, Alaska, would that be uh well you know Juneau, Alaska was actually named after a prospector who mounted a campaign to um have the town named after himself. Really? All right. <laughs> but uh but not the that's not the right answer. That that's, is not the right answer. Yeah. But um yes, it is in a broad sense a Native American place name. Yes. In a broad sense. Yeah. Okay. Is it west of the Mississippi? Sure is. All right. Very far west. Very okay. That's a hint. That's a hint. Yes. <laughs> so, it's well. Then, how about Honolulu? It is Honolulu. Good job. Yeah, that makes, right. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's where I was a little. I, I, I think they would prefer to be called Native Hawaiians, but I. Could All right. Be, well, know. that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. All right, and Lori, I'll give you a chance to. All right. This is a. I think this. This is a fun question in the paper today. It said this is the hundredth anniversary of William Jennings Bryan. Uh, denouncing evolution at Princeton University, which of course became the inspiration for Inherit the Wind and a movie most of us have seen. But I'm looking for the three stars who are in the original Broadway cast 
who played Henry Drummond, Matthew Harrison Brady, and E.J. Hornbeck. They're all really well known. In the movie, they were played by Frederick March and Spencer Tracy and Gene Kelly, who played them in 1955 in the original production of Inherit the Wind. Well, um, Melvin Douglas was one. I think no, Melvin... Oh, one. no? No. Oh, I thought he was one. Yeah. Uh, Tony Randall is in it, too, I think. Tony, Tony Randall was the uh, the E.J. Hornbeck. Yeah, very good. The one in the movie, uh, the Gene Kelly character, very good. Not Melvin okay. Douglas, though, but somebody somebody of that kind of generation and ilk, of course. And I think uh, Paul Muni was in it, too, wasn't he? Yes. Which character, which one did Paul he Paul Muni was Henry Drummond. Yes, the Clarence Darrow character. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Cameron? Any yeah, ideas? this is this is not my area. Of expertise. <laughs> right. I have seen the movie, but I didn't. I don't know about the play. Yeah. Uh, okay. Dana, you got the third one, or should we leave it? No, out? I don't. I have to think about that. Okay, so we're looking uh -huh. for who played Matthew Harrison Brady, and based on William Jennings Bryan, who gave a speech a hundred years ago today, denouncing evolution, leading to the Scopes trial. Totally. All right, and um, are we okay? All right, let's go to a call. Are you on my turn? Hi, you're Hello? on. Yes, hi, hi. My, my name is Laura O'Donovan from San Francisco. Hi. And I have a couple guesses for the double letter words. What about little or better? No, think slightly shorter, I, I, would, <laughs> I would say. Think shorter. Okay, but uh, reread books, I'm going to guess Gone with the Wind. No, the last book the last three read books so far we have the great gatsby to kill a mockingbird catcher in the rye right. the last one of the four is very much a genre book ah. um, but it's not gone with the wind no okay and then for the state for the state capital with the two this the two people same last name i'm gonna guess columbus ohio oh um no, unfortunately, that is not not the guess. Okay, so three three strike strikes on guesses. I am out, but I do have some <laughs> questions for you. So about these questions are about company origins, the products or services offered by companies when they first started. They're all well known companies. They all exist today. The original dates range from the late 18th century to the mid 20th century, but most are in the 19th century. Uh, the first one is kind of an easy example. Um, what company started out transporting gold for the California 49ers? And I think probably all of you know this one. Wells Fargo? Uh, Wells, Wells Fargo? Yeah, that's right. Wells Fargo. So the re I've got a few, five more. I've got a couple more, but I've got five on the top of the list. Uh, not quite as easy as that, but um, the first one is this company's first products included a butter churn and a tub washing machine. I don't know if you want me to give them all or one at a time. Well, one at a time, probably. Um, a butter churn and a washing machine. Oh, how about Sears Roebuck? Oh, that's good. No. Yeah, that is good. So what is this company better known for today, may we ask? Well, if you think of uh, think of these as domestic appliances, this company is still known for domestic appliances. And a hint is it is not an American company. Oh. Oh, it's not an American company. Um, Phillips? No, these these were domestic appliances in 1899. Right. Okay. It's a, is it a British company? Great Britain? No. Okay. German? Uh, yeah, how about Siemens? Good guess, but no. 
Um, hmm. All right, go on to the next one. Okay, this company had a soap and candle shop in New York City in 1806. Are they still in the soap and candle business? <laughs> they are in the consumer products business, so um, not exactly, but... How about Procter and Gamble? Uh, go ahead. You're in going in the right direction, but Johnson and Johnson. That's good. That's, That's good. good too, but still not correct. Okay. But they make those kind of um, health and home products, right? Correct. I mean, yeah. uh, think about um, maybe if you were getting up in the morning and brushing your teeth, you might think about this product. Uh, Colgate Palmolive. That is correct. Colgate-Palmolive was founded by an English immigrant who had a starched soap and candle factory on Dutch Street in New York City. Okay, the third one is this company originally started as a radio repair shop. How about about RCA Victor? No, that's, that's not correct. This is, by the way, the most recent, the most current company. Radio oh. show. <laughs> yeah. No. No. How about Close. General, Ele- General Electric? went out of business. General um, Electric. Uh, no. And, it, okay. and, and, and then when the company started, it had a completely different name because uh, it changed the name when it became famous in America because Americans could not pronounce the original name. Okay. How about like Sony? Or... Sony is correct. Ooh, is good. That, actually, good this job. is really, they came out of the post-World War uh post-World War stuff, and they started a radio shop and then went on to fame. Okay, so this is, um, this company was founded by a dye salesman and a dye master. Dye as in D-Y-E, dye your clothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, you have to, ch- <laughs> if it is in a foreign country, you should tell us the country or the... Okay, so this is a German company, but the, um, this is a German company. Founded in 1863. And what products are they most famous for today? Uh, Well, it's chemicals and pharmaceuticals. And if you got if you got a headache thinking about the answer to this company, you might. It's it's Bayer, then, isn't it? It's Bayer Bayer? aspirin, and the 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 connection is the chemistry, because basically, it's um, the first major product was a modification of two chemical compounds that I can't really pronounce. And um, anyway, and then I've got uh, one more. I've got a couple more, but this one maybe for now is the first product of the original company of this company was bread made for long sea voyages. And this is the oldest of the ones I have. Okay. So are they still in the bread kind of bread? I mean, that's sort yeah, of, exactly. Uh, are they right. still in the bread business? They are still in the, they're manufacturers of foodstuffs for sure. Uh, Nabisco. It is Nabisco. Good job. Very good. I have some more, but I don't know. That could be enough. I know you've got a few more, just a few more minutes and other people want to call in. So, Right. Thank you so much. appreciate your question. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We do hope we're entertaining you. We hope you will also join us with a call with a question or answer. 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255 and next call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. 
Hi, this is David in San Francisco, normally pushing some levers in Damien's place, but now recuperating from full knee replacement. Hello. Hey, hey David. Hey, David. Good to hear from you. <laughs> How's that for an introduction? Speaking of uh, two-letter <laughs> words, um, uh, or, or two-letter two words, how about hello or coffee? Uh, neither one. Oh, all right. And speaking of coffee, I was going to make some this morning, but then I heard your theme music and didn't need any. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. It woke you up. Didn't it? Much better for you too. Two two items for you. Um, do you uh, do you know the difference between a flutist and a flautist? I know you know the difference. That's for sure. <laughs> well, let's see. So, does it, does it have to do with the level of their expertise or training? No. I'll give you a clue. Uh, it has to do with marketing. Yeah. Hmm, marketing. You won't get this. Uh, uh, the difference between a flutist and a flautist is 50 bucks an hour, baby. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> finally, finally, do you have time for a brief Betty Davis anecdote since there was a... Yeah, Betty go Davis ahead. Mention? Go ahead. You know, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford were tremendous rivals in real life and, and in, in professional life. And um, uh, Betty, uh, when Joan Crawford uh, was acting in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, she knew that Betty had a bad back. So she, this is an honest-to-God truth. She actually uh, strapped weights to her dress to make it difficult for Betty to uh, pull her around the room. <laughs> and finally, when, when, Betty, when, right, when Joan died, uh, Betty was asked for a remembrance. And she said, and I thought this was a lie, but uh, her, uh, you know, apocryphal, but it's not. She said, well, my mother said I should always speak good of the dead. Joan's dead. It's good. <laughs> and, a, and a great impression, too. David, you nailed it. <laughs> Any one-liner movies left? Yes. No, Brando. Oh, Brando. Sorry. No gots. Okay. I could have been right. someone. How about I could have been someone? Too many words. <laughs> ah, all right. I'm looking for just three words. <laughs> looking I forward to seeing them, guys. Time, guys. <laughs> all right, take care. All right, thanks, David. Uh, get well, okay? <laughs> thanks, all right, bye-bye. Bye. And next call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hi, it's Peter. I'm Bernal back again. Hi, Peter. Good. You sound much better. There we are. I feel better, too. Okay. <laughs> uh, can I uh, cut right to my question? Uh, yes. In perusing the list of all actors and actresses who were nominated for acting awards by the Academy, I find that there are a great number of uh, such actors who have three-letter first names used professionally, such as Art Carney, Sam Elliott, or Ally McGraw. But I find only two such that have a two-letter first name. Who are the two such uh, two-letter first names? Actors. So they they have won or they have been nominated? Uh, uh, either. Both. Either. Okay. And this could be a man or a woman? Correct. Um, one. Oh, oh, no, never mind. One's going to be Ed. Help me, Dana or Cameron. Ed, somebody. <laughs> Ed. Ed Begg. You're right there. Ed oh, Begley. Ed Begley, yeah. There is an Ed Begley, you're right. Is that correct? In, in fact, oh, they're both Eds. Oh, oh okay, so Ed oh, they're Begley. Both Eds. Oh, and 
it's Edward Norton, right? It's not Ed Norton. Yeah, it's Edward Norton. Um, gosh. Yeah. One. No, Art uh, Carney was one, Ed Norton. One, one, one more supporting actor for uh, Diary of Anne Frank in 1959. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, Ed. Ed Wynn. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Good job. What about Al Pacino? Wasn't he nominated? Yeah. For, oh, he won. For Scent of a Woman? Yeah. And then Godfather. Yeah. Al Pacino, definitely. Good. Yeah. And okay. uh, the other one. Did we get everything? Uh, we were looking for you know, Ed. Uh, <laughs> somebody who was nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actor in 1995. 1995. Another two, an, another two letter thing, right? Not And not an Ed or an Al. Back to Ed again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Another Ed in 1995. Okay. Yep. You, are we you want to tell us the movie? Yeah, you better tell uh, us. We're almost out of. We're running out of time. Apollo 13. Oh, oh Ed Harris. Ed, okay. Ed Harris. Harris. Thank you. Right, yeah. Okay. Great movie. So That's there are four of them. There's at least right, four thank of you them. For that. Three, thank three, you. Ed, three Eds and right. an Al. See you with you next Saturday. Bye bye. Okay. And let's see, uh, one more call, very quick, if we can. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hey, guys. Happy Saturday morning. Hey, hey. Uh, uh, Two-letter word. What about butter? Or butter. I'll say it properly, not in English. Uh, no. No. And then, uh, Laurie, being a bit pedantic, but the, uh, the quote from Schwarzenegger, I'll be back, isn't that four words? I will be back. Well, it depends. I think of all, I apostrophe LL as one word. It's a contraction, and I think in a word count, I said the same thing. I'm counting it as one word. He doesn't say, okay. I will be back. He says, I'll be back. I'll, I'll, I'll let you. Well, he couldn't, he couldn't learn the line. That long, <laughs> it's a fair enough All right. Well, thanks, thanks again. I'll get off so you can finish the show. All See right. Thank you, Hayes. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. Uh, time to clean up here. Cameron, what do we have? Okay. Um, the other... Film directed by a female director in the top 10 British Film Institute sight and sound list is Beau Trevi, the 1998 Claire Denis film. Um, the film that came in at the top of the director's top 10 list was 2001, A Space Odyssey. And the capital city that is in a county of the same name named after a different person is Montgomery, Alabama, is named after a Revolutionary War officer and the um county montgomery is named after someone who fought with andrew jackson against the creek nation mm, that's an interesting question by the way yeah it is. Uh, in the yes. in the original cast of inherit the wind matthew harrison brady was played by ed begley the aforementioned ed begley about <laughs> right. things marlon brando said stella hey stella that's his oh. three-word <laughs> thing the uh, Aldous Huxley films we didn't get were Jane Eyre. He wrote the screenplay for Jane Eyre, and he wrote the treatment. I think this is great for Alice in Wonderland for Walt Disney that was never wow. made. And the Joni Mitchell was inspired to write both sides now by Sal Bellows, Henderson, the Rain King. All right, I should have gotten that. across oh, the well. Atlantic and sees clouds. That's it for me. All right, the four most common double letter words in English are will, all, good, and well. Okay, will all good and well, and the foremost reread books by uh, the novels by American authors: The Great Gatsby, To Kill a Mockingbird, Catcher in the Rye, and Fahrenheit four five one. If we didn't get your call, I do apologize. Please remember that Minds Over Matter is here every Saturday morning at ten a.m. Thanks to Cameron Shaw, cinematographer and teacher, Lori Fisher, Dabble Valley College. I've been your moderator, Dana Rodriguez. My thanks to Damian D. Minor for handling the board and phones. 
Happy Martin Luther King Day. Happy weekend. And we do hope you will join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.